But guys, I appreciate you being here for uh, season two, episode four of Sakura Success. We have uh, one of my best buddies, Steve Rosado, uh, who's unfortunately my friend, and then Jim Ciros, who's another good buddy of mine and officially made the move from KW to Compass and now is with us at eXp Realty, which for me is just a hell of a lot of fun. I mean, it's fun to bring bring the whole uh, band back together. And we've been doing this since what, 08, 09? Yeah. Yeah. 09. Got into the business late 08, out of the mortgage business. Yeah. So it's a long time coming to get here. <laughs> well, I remember when I think I was at Gotham Realty. I was at Gotham before you, I believe. And then I left and came back. And that was kind of right when you rolled in, right? I think you had come into Gotham Realty when we had the, I don't know, I think it was gone for nine months or so. And I think you were there. It was like, when, when did you join so Gotham? I popped in. It was uh, end of August. I was making my exit. I had gotten an officially licensed past the school exam. Okay. Walked into Tam Bureau's office you know gotham realty didn't want to be part of like uh the remaxes or the you know the big corporate real estate offices so i did a little bit quick research <laughs> saw the uh the purple and black and uh set up a, a time to meet with cam bureau walked in there and he's like hey this is uh, I'm like what do i need to do he's like here's the contract 50 50 split i was like sounds good to me i'll see you on monday <laughs> and basically got the work on you know, the guns coming in the office yeah, and we can get into that a little bit. Obviously, that's when I met you, uh, Kyle, and uh, sat right next to Kyle Claus. And we had Kyle Kovats back then too, who's a, who's Kovats. another big uh, big guy now. And then you you were so I left. I think you were August of '09. You came in. No, it's August. 09. And I left to go to Liberty Realty in June of '09, and then came back to Gotham in February. So you had had a little bit of traction, and I think you came in right before I had come back, and you yes. Yeah, I think I came in like a month before you came back. It was like October of 2009, something like and that. I remember, yeah. <laughs> I remember me and you, had the, we sat across from each other. We had the stare down. Like, no, that? thank you, Kimo Savi. <laughs> Who the hell is this guy? I've already been here. Who's this new guy? And Jim was just head down, could get after head him. Head down, ready to get back to work. Yeah. Well, that was like an interesting time, too, in our lives, because I feel like you were married, you're having kids and everything like that. Me and him are just complete. I'm 24, I want to say. You were behaving like 21, but older. And uh, and we're just getting after it every night. Trying to, we're trying to break Jim. We're trying to get Jim to come into the like. Come on, man. We're going to the bar at six thirty. You know, let's go. Which is we're going to McSwiggins. You have two young kids now, and I was kind of in that zone. And obviously, it's uh, you know a little bit of timing, and uh, a lot of years have passed. But you know, it's a matter of setting stuff up in this business, right? To be yeah. able to kind of enjoy, not yeah. just you know working seven days a week, but also be able to have the quality of life and be able to have some fun too, especially in a town like Hoboken. Get to, uh, it must have been to experience it that as well. Tough to watch that stage, you know, yeah, it was tough because I know I could see it in your eyes. Like <laughs> I want to be a part of that. <laughs> I think there were times where you're like, guys, that might be a different so podcast because I could, uh, you know, obviously with the recent current events of what's happening in my life and stuff like that, that might shed a little bit of light on why I was quickly rushing home. But anyway, the uh, yeah, the, what's interesting about that is full circle come you know to that point where we both we were all in that bit, you know, in Hoboken. This has got to be 15 years ago. It was two thousand. Yeah, so it's thirteen, 14, 13 years, ago. years ago. Yeah, yeah. So lots obviously changed. Yeah, know, in the business from going from being you know talk about like CRMs and podcasts and stuff like that back then. Yeah, even though Kyle tried doing a little episode, I remember I got caught on camera. I still like to find a video of that where they duped me into a fake interview with a client that was giving me a hard time. You guys remember that? <laughs> I see that yeah, that was Adam. Do you have that? Yeah. So that Adam was the. Uh, <laughs> 
was just at his uh, his birth his fortieth birthday. It was similar to my my daughter's first birthday, but the uh, same balloon guy. I don't know if you saw the thing, but no. um, oh yeah, yeah. So Adam uh, Fakier, yeah, Adam Fakier was one of the actors. Um, that's actually one of Kyle's good friends. That they still hang out today. Nice. Yeah. I remember I he had set that up, and I had no clue that you guys were filming. They were filming. Oh yeah, we did. We we pranked him with it, right? Yeah. And I was meeting a client there. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> Wait, so just so everybody understands, I forgot about this, but we we Kyle, who's an actor as well, he brought in a film crew. <laughs> basically how did we how did you not notice there was a camera there like what it was we it must have told you something or maybe they were with the client but we were trying to film a pot the gotham realty was crazy it was a crazy time in our lives <laughs> like every, my whole goal with everybody that's part of my family now is to not do what i did at gotham realty for for four years or whatever we learned a lot about not what to do <laughs> yeah do not like we made money but it was it was complete shenanigans to the point where we tr we filmed a pilot and we started pitching it to like Bravo, you know, he was pitching it to Bravo and he had another person to connect and everything. But yes, yeah, so he was hired an actor. A, had a tenant, or, yeah, <laughs> a potential tenant that came in and they were trying to get him to sign the exclusive agency agreement. Yeah. And he wouldn't sign it. It was going to be a hard time. And I, yeah. Was gonna, <laughs> yeah. I threw him out. Just... I actually threw him out. I remember <laughs> doing that. Yeah. He still talks about that. But on that, on that note though, so like even though it was somewhat of a, uh, it was definitely a shit show. Yeah. But how many clients do you have today that you've developed back at Gotham Days? Yeah, I, I, I have one of my Hoboken landlords was 2009. I just called him on Craigslist. Mm -hmm. And the amount of transactions and buildings and everything, like there's so many things that just came from doing that. Well, that's the thing is we learned a lot of the things not to do. Right. But it was also a lot of things that we were doing that I try to tell agents today. It's about like if it wasn't for doing those rentals in Hoboken, I wouldn't. Yeah, I've done the business I've done today and have those relationships you're talking about, which I you know, just got a, con a home under contract right here in Morristown from a referral from one of my first, you know, Hoboken clients that I mm -hmm. sold them a condo and then helped them sell it and then helped them buy a house in Montclair. Got my general contractor's license when the pandemic hit and I renovated their master bathroom. So and now they're, oh, yeah. you know, they referred me to you know, probably three clients over the last year. So I've known those people. 12 13 years yeah and it's crazy Gotham days but like too like like we joke about how much we messed around and had fun but we were pretty when we would work for that like we'd have that hour of power for two hours or something or even every single day where we we're posting on craigslist or reaching out to the landlords and, and actually prospecting around it we weren't too heavy into the sales side of things but there was a lot of action behind it and then our weekends were jammed like we worked we were out showing i remember i would have like eight different clients out on a saturday all showing rentals and you could rent like four apartments on one day and make like you know eight grand 12 grand like it, there was a rush to it and we'd be at the end of the day we'd be sitting in the office and talking about like how many deals you do blah blah blah, blah. and then jim you know we'd all go uh have a beer and jimmy would go home you'd come out and you'd, <laughs> you literally could, would do the math like how much did i make today and that's what my bar tab would be so. yeah just boom <laughs> well i used to I have, I have to start those excel spreadsheets so i could like pull those up and tell you exactly like i think there was a month where i did like twenty-two thousand at a 50 50 split i remember that yeah yeah rents. i remember that I was like, yeah that 50 was so it's like you know i think it was like 12 rentals or something like that a lot yeah. of them were 
you guys know is they like, were double you know, enders. Well, there was the buildings, right? So they were mm-hmm. opening all those new buildings, and we walk on the waterfront. Yeah, and you'd basically escort your client into there, and then the lacy agent would take over, and I'd be sitting there eating ice cream, you know, with my clients looking yeah. at these brand new apartments, which were gorgeous. And I'd kind of, you know, I'd show them other inventory to be able to kind of say, hey, this is the best option for you, and they agreed all the time. That was a, that you, was my claim. But to you fame. were smart though about like, and and you did the same thing. Like you guys developed relationships with the people at the buildings, and I guess it doesn't matter if it's sales or rentals if you develop relationships with people at the buildings i remember there was like one or two times where like i was in the office and i was like oh man three thousand a month for x amount or whatever and i remember you looked at me one time because i think you were out of appointments for the day and you're like i'm gonna throw your bone <laughs> thousand jefferson they just brought him down to three thousand dollars for the day no fee <laughs> I feel like you closed like four of them already. Yeah. Well, that was the thing. You had to get there because you knew the competition, right? Like I knew yeah. Kyle was going there and he was finding out. Right. The same relationships. Remember Derek so. and Allison? Yeah. Exactly. And he's like, Derek, my boy's Derek. Right? Because he had the relationship with Derek. I mean, I had one, but you were, you were on top of your stuff and you're like, I'm going to throw you a bone right now. And, and yeah, if like, I had a good weekend. 3000 You know, you want to help somebody out. And you're like, okay, well, I don't have anybody for that right now. Yeah. And you knew if you had a client, which there was always a kind of a, a general, you know, standard tenant that was looking for you know washer dryer <laughs> they had the kind of unlimited budget so to speak and they were willing to go into the luxury range and they wanted the parking and the washer and dryer and the elevator building with the amenities and stuff like that yeah but depending on which of those buildings had you know vacancies they were offering some pretty good incentives with you know the no broker fee and everything yeah. else. And you knew that was like a hook line and sinker it was like a done deal right and remember it, like it would be like deal. put the app in now it'd be like no three thousand Two months free, twelve month amortization. You're like, that's twenty five hundred. I know, I know. And they're paying the fee. It's gonna happen in thirteen months. Exactly. Ninety nine dollar surety deposit. Remember, like the when yeah. those came around. Yeah. Oh, Bazudo. Yeah, that was yeah. huge when they started revamping their apartments and started offering some incentives and the sure deposit. Yep. Then I had you know relationships with Allied, who had a bunch of those lower end, you know, applied, applied, that's applied apartments. Yeah. And then there was another company. I forget the woman's name, but it was me and like. Uh, Luli Pollock. Who no, Luli. Yeah, I had Luli. 404 Luli, Jeff. Yeah. So, the, somehow I got Luli. Luli. Those are like all your clients. Are for like a while, Louis. it was me and Pollock. <laughs> Four, was it 406 grand or something like that? Patricia? Uh, yeah, like the Patricia. Yeah. That was him. That was Luli. Yeah, that was Luli. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, she was a patrician. That's right. Yeah, they had all those low level. <laughs> those are not the best apartments. I had like buckets of keys at yep. that point. They were just giving you keys. Yep. Know. And the Liberty Realty rental agents would be like yelling at us and stuff. Like, you got the keys to. Which is amazing. There was no, Where's 406 there was no Jeff? super lock boxes back then. No. Right? So you remember no. double parking. Just like whatever was in my drawer. Like getting like you know? a toad, getting like boots on my car, tickets just from double parking. Just to like, pick up five or six sets of keys from different brokerage offices yeah. and then having to return those at the end of the day. It's like, and you just got it, you just did it, got it in a routine. Like you said on Saturdays. It was such a Zoom. I had an appointment from 10 a.m. on the hour, every hour up until like two o'clock. And mm-hmm. literally I'd have like groups of tenants in there signing leases as I was taking the next group out. They were getting their checks and signing the yep. leases. Evans was yep. running their credit. Yeah. And getting their, just, I forgot he would do that. that. Yeah. Yeah. He would run the credit. He so would finish like out the deal. Like, Jimmy yeah. was on his next one. You know, we were like buzzing in and out. But I, you know, what's funny is there was no, I mean, showing time existed back then. Yeah. But we didn't have showing time. 
We had right. showing book. Remember that one? We had showing book, right? Showing book, yeah. But that's like a big thing because that, again, it's like Wild West type of stuff. Because yeah. it was like whoever had the keys to the patrician had the keys to the whole building. <laughs> and if that person disappeared. And, you, and there was a skeleton key. You could go into the wrong unit. A skeleton <laughs> key. Yeah, there was a skeleton key. You could just go into any unit. If that person had the keys, nobody was showing the patrician that day until you could get in touch with that yeah, person. many times. And you, could, you didn't really know who it was because there was a sign out book, but there was no showing time. You yeah. know what I mean? So, it's crazy. Well, there was yeah. no lockbox to track who the previous agent was who had went in there so you'd call yeah. a couple agents and be like I don't have it I put them back and yeah like, or you have clients in the car and you pick up keys from 525 Jeff from Liberty and she's like "It's one, here's a post-it it's one of these seven realtors has the key right now and, and I'm like hey just hand it off and you're calling them and you text, got I got my clients back seat. that was when you're all yeah. Yeah, 10th and Jeff cool I'll come pick them up stay exactly. there Yep. Yeah, just just hang out in the car. You know, they're there for like 15 minutes. You're calling a bunch of realtors. Like, yeah, forget about what the hell's it. going on here, guys. And then it was middle of winter, and you'd have snow banks in Hoboken parking situations where people were like opening my car door and slamming it into like a snow bank, and you're like you know, trying to find. You got hit by a cyclist. Oh yeah, remember that? I, I lost on second in bloom. One time I thought I was going to jail. I lost it on one of the. He <laughs> just ran a stop put sign. A boot on my car. <laughs> oh, and man. I came out of the listing appointment. I didn't get the listing because it was an old guy. And he was just kind of wasting time. And uh, I come out, and he just had slapped a sticker on my windshield, and I had to go to the next appointment. It's an awful feeling. I just like, lost it on the guy. I think that's the first time I thought, like, All right, I'm going to lose it. At you least, know? yeah, that was what that was that. The boot that you type in the code, you can call it and type you in. You have code. to call the company. You have and to then pay have them, and then they come, come out to take oh. the boot off. Yeah, you have to take the boot, put it in your trunk, and drop it off. Drop it second in Hudson. That uh, was so insult to injury. Right. Was that it, right? was that you that like threw? Or maybe somebody else. Somebody th- literally th- like threw the boot. And somebody was telling me that across. Like Hoboken was good because they had the code eventually, where you could just pay it over the phone. Right. You punch the code in, you bring the boot to the municipal garage. That's when I came back to Gotham that day, and we got parking spots at the uh, Archstone. That's yeah. right. Literally, we got so fed up after that. Yeah, I was like, I my car got hit in that garage. That was I left my car running when I Remember when, when we were uh, on the corner right there too, and the cop came in. He's like, "You guys got to move your car." There's, you know, we're illegally parked or whatever, and it's just sitting out. The no, cop's he, like, "It's running. Like, move your like car." That. He comes in. So we were at there was a liquor store next to Piccolo's. Yeah, right. The Piccolo's right there. So we had been up to. I think we were at like Madison's or something like that. We went to. We were at a few bars, and then I don't know how I found out about this, but I was like, "Yo, they got late night tacos at that liquor store." So they were shit tacos. And we're sitting there eating, and this guy, this this cop, we took the girls there for in a the date. door, and he goes, Who's got the white Hyundai out there? And I was like, I do. He's like, You're out of your fucking mind. And I was like, Why? And he's like, You left your car running in a bus lane. And, like, and, it, and the bus is stuck in the intersection. <laughs> I walk out, man, and I'm like, I see the scene, and I'm like, I should run. Like I should just run right now. Well, we're sitting running. and we're sitting there, and there's and, and you were complete. You were completely fine to be driving, but like there's a beer on the table and stuff like that. And Steve's like, "Is this guy about to arrest me if I move the car or like what do I do?" You know, like. But now yeah, he just wanted you to move the car. Well, I was looking. Yeah, because I looked at him. He's standing outside, and I was like, "Sir, just so you know, the car is not running right now." And he's like, "Move your goddamn car!" I was like, "You're telling me to start the car and move it, right?" And he's like, "I don't care what you do. Just get the car out of here." And I was like. Okay, and I turned the key, and I was expecting to be like, "Gotcha," you know. <laughs> but then he was just looking at me like, "What are you still doing here?" And I just like drove around the corner and parked, and then came walking back, and you guys were eating tacos. Like, we thought you were going to be in jail. Yeah, wasn't that worried? But 
you know. Yeah, nobody cared. No, we just get, <laughs> we get beaten the tacos. But uh, but you guys, I mean, you you what's the two of you combined? I feel like do a really good job of like you've left such an impression on your clients that they continue to work with you. You have these deep relationships that go back to 2008, 2009, or 2009. You guys both started. But with that, you get the phone calls. You still have like right now. You're, you know, you'll do your 15 million, 20 million a year. Like you're you're cranking well beyond. And same with you, what a normal realtor aspires to do. But like you, you you've really gotten into video, right? Like you're you're connecting with your database through educational videos, and then they're contacting you back through that, right? Hundred. That's a hundred percent of what I do. Ninety nine percent or a hundred. It's, it really is. Yeah, yeah, you don't even pick up the phone. You just no. I'm just now I just yeah. Now I even I push those forward. But yeah, it's it's a hundred percent of what I do. It shouldn't be like if you're if you're trying to develop or grow your business, you don't want it to be a hundred percent. But yeah, I got to a point where I was like, you know, I'm comfortable and happy in this in this zone here. I have enough free time um, that uh, if I just go the video route, yeah, that that was for me the. The way to do it. Well, it works well because you like you definitely work. You put in the time. Now that's nurturing the clients that you already have, and then that frees you up to go play in the hospitality business with your dad, or play like do other th- travel with your family. You take office often, and like you're like, hey, you want to go to Arizona? Did you go to Arizona? No, I go on Monday. Okay, and I'm yeah. like, I can't. Maybe <laughs> you can. <laughs> Monday, Monday to Wednesday. Yeah, I mean, it's it's just about like anything else. Like you have a strategy on how you're gonna what you're gonna follow up. Well, with yeah, your, so much you change. You know? what we were talking about for now, you're saying 100 percent of your business is tied to you know you doing educational videos. To my whole thing was always you know for me to become a real estate agent was all about educating the client, right? Coming from a background in mortgages to knowing about construction to being in sales. Um, I never really wanted to be a real estate agent, right? In fact, it was kind of one foot in for those few months when I first came over to Gotham, I was interviewing for quote unquote a real job, you know, yep. with the salary and stuff. And then, you know, being on a commission only basis was like, all right, my uh, wife at the time was saying, hey, you know, you always make us go on houses and we're not even looking for a house to buy. Why don't you become a real estate agent? I'm like, I don't really like real estate agents. The ones I was meeting in open houses weren't educated, right? Knew more than they did. So I was like, all right, if I'm gonna do this thing, and become a real estate agent and help people buy and sell the most expensive asset. I'm going to come from an educational background. I'm going to really listen to what they're right. looking for, educate them. So, you know, the fact that you're doing that, I was doing that one person at a time. So to be able to capture people in a wide range by doing an educational video is something that's pretty much you have to be doing, right? And that's, those are the things, you know, we talk about what we learned to do and what not to do at Gotham, which, you know, I hate to, to admit, but my 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 CRM was a you know Excel spreadsheet. Yeah, and you know now there's like really high tech you know, CRMs that are text messaging people, and I was like, well, people know where to find me. You yeah, know, it was kind of my mindset was yeah, you know, if you touch enough people and you do right by enough people, they'll spread the word for you, which which is exactly what had happened. Yeah, in the last thirteen years that's happened. Mm-hmm. But then as you you know you know family and getting tied up and running around and get burnt out seven days a week. It's about kind of, you know, in order to grow that business, not just doing one thing, which was, but that was my one thing. And it yeah. worked really well for a long period of time, but it's about doing those videos and tapping your database on a regular basis and you know, a bunch of other things that you, know, you could probably shed a lot of light on those things. Cause you've, uh, yeah. Well, even going back to that, like, remember we rented the three bedroom apartments, figure you're the listing agent you have somebody like you're receiving, you know, nine inquiries in regards to it. 
and all the roommates are on the emails. And then you're have so that's what, nine times three, that's 27 clients yeah. that are coming into your database that specifically want to live in Hoboken or Jersey City or whatever. Like we worked a pretty small market at that time. And these were usually professionals that were making really good money in New York City and around that. You know, yeah. budgets, you know, like, boy meets girl. Next yeah. thing you know, they're renting either a much more expensive apartment or buying a condo. And then eventually, you know, they're not going to stay there long because they're going to have children. They're going to move to one of the train line towns, which is what happened organically. But to capture the 27 people versus the three that would call me back and remembered me, like, hey, you were great. I want to work with you. I wasn't really capturing all those and other people that I could. I have. think I think for like young agents, that's important to note because like if we had captured all of those leads that we didn't close for rentals, and then just really worked them through a CRM system, I, I mean, you would have had such a huge database of people that purchased down the line. Yeah, many you know? thousands of people. Yeah, renting a hundred and you know ten apartments a year. Yeah, and you know you had to meet like four or five hundred people to rent a hundred apartments, yeah. and, and we would so, get. We would, I and mean, then there was multiple people. It's two or three bedroom apartments at your point. So that's like yeah, thousands of people, that. right? You're multiplying that. And I remember getting like a little salty, like when, you know, you thought somebody was going to rent something and they didn't. And I would just let them disappear. And they probably ended up renting something and then buying something the next year. Well, that's, selling a, that's a great point. So right before so. I came here to meet with you guys, I met with a very good friend of mine as a builder. And we've done some stuff together. And him and his wife were looking for an apartment in Hoboken. And I showed him a bunch of places. And he, they ended up renting at the Madison by themselves. They walked in there, um, and he became one of my best friends. Yeah. So they, I never rented him anything. He had mm-hmm. called me back a few months after they got into their place, like, hey, it was really great meeting with you and work with you. I feel bad that we never rented anything through you. But then he referred me uh, his sister-in-law. Yeah. And then I helped her get a place and then gotten some countless referrals from him when he even did rent, right? So there was people that you didn't even do a transaction with, but if you built a relationship with them and you kind of followed up with them, yeah. there was a bunch of other business that came from that and relationships and friendships. So. The fun thing yeah. too, with like the, the oneness and the benefit and the, the alliance that we get here at EXP is, I now have past clients that are reaching out to get their real estate license. Oh yeah. And then there, I have past clients that are on our team, like that are that are coming through. I have a conversation, actually my, well, my, my 415 today is, a, is somebody, I sold their condo in Hoboken and she went and got a real estate license. So I'm gonna talk to her. We should tap, you know, have a little bit of a, a conversation about that because I've had the same thing over the years where people are like, hey man, I enjoyed working with you. It looks like a fun job, right? Yeah. And so that's the funny thing about real estate is it looks really sexy from the outside looking in, right? So maybe we can kind of shed some light on the good stuff. But, and know, usually we had a lot of fun, they, right? We're talking about early Usually days. dawns on them when they see the HUD statement and they're like, wow, he gets paid 10 times the, the <coughs> what the attorney's getting paid. <laughs> well, the money's good, right? Wow. We all know that a lot of agents make really good money, but it's a hard grind right. in order to get that. But exactly. a lot of people think like, okay, I made it look so easy and working with you, I'm gonna get my license. And then they go and you're like, okay, we'll pick up the phone and you're only as good as the your ability to find clients. Yeah. Yeah. So if you can't find clients and cast that net, then you could be the best agent in the world, but you're out of business. Right? Yeah. And so those are the things that that misconception, a lot of people get into the business, but you really have to be good at creating relationships. And obviously that's what we were able to do in the early days of like doing a lot of rentals in Hoboken because that was really yeah. the net. And then you can show off from there. Yeah. And that really is, it's like, I feel like it's a fairly, I don't want to say easy. It's fairly easy to get like up to, six figures kind of thing in that and then and and i feel like in corporate america it's somewhat is too these days yeah. <clears throat> these days but then when you start to go beyond that and you start to it's same in corporate america it's like in our world though you have to start building out all the systems you have to start having that like because because you get busy deals die you start to things go sideways and, yeah. and it pulls on you 
where you you really have to get good on on everything else and the problem with our business is you have to be like you have to know the laws unfortunately and you have to yeah the negotiation you have to be sales expert you have to be a marketing expert you have to be customer service you have to be psychiatrist or psychologist um yeah these days i'm more of a doctor of real estate than i am an actual good real estate agent i'm more of like talking people off the ledge and (laughs) yeah it seems like Things should have gotten easier over the years. Yeah, and they get. It seems they've gotten more difficult, right? Because people's <laughs> expectations are, I think, different than they were. Yeah, um, prices obviously keep increasing, and taxes keep going up. So, yeah. if you buy a, an average home now, it's you know, five six hundred thousand. That's a fixer up in a pretty good town. So, mm-hmm. um, it's been that. It's been difficult in that regard, right? Because you're talking more psychology. Yeah. About you know, it seems like every deal you you do these days you have to limit home inspections wave appraisal you know go yeah. over ask i mean you so have to like recommend taking that, high risk you know which exactly. is not necessarily where we want to live but i was talking to an agent today uh unit came up in hoboken with outdoor space and he's saying hey it just got listed my client wants to offer i think it's 25 grand under asking but he can go up to this and i'm like Bring your highest and best. Like come in if you're if your client like your client will be upset if they lose it because they left thirty grand on the table or forty grand on the table. Whereas the listing agent's telling you we're gonna let it run through the weekend. We're filming this on a Thursday right now. So we're gonna let it run through the weekend and we'll let you know on Monday. I'm like, why don't you try to stop it before the weekend and at least put your best foot forward rather than coming in and basically showing the seller, hey, I'm gonna try to get a deal, but if somebody else is involved, then I'll pay you more money. Versus saying, I really want to own the home that you have. This is lovely. I'm going to pay you this. And over like the difference of 40 grand or 30 grand or like, I understand it's 100, 200, 300 a month. Um, But it it just, I don't know. It just like when we bought our house, I was like, it it is what it is. I'm going to make the seller happy and then I'm going to go live in the home. But if you're buying investment property, it's different. You know, then it's like, yeah, too, right? Some people to, to, to do that out of the gate. It's very difficult, right? If you're buying your first home, let's say, yeah, and you looked at five homes. I remember just taking clients out in Hoboken. It was busy, yep. And literally, you'd show three condos, and if you didn't make a decision that day, it would be gone by the next weekend, right? And yeah. In condo living, it's you know, the criteria is a little bit different than if you're looking in the suburbs and you have you know you want a basement, a larger yard, in a specific neighborhood. In Hoboken, yeah, it's still broken up into neighborhoods and stuff, but two bedroom, two bath, and you know, laundry or a walk up building. And if you saw one in that building and it was within your price range and it kind of met the criteria, you don't know when another one in that building is going to come available, right? So if you didn't snag it, and I had clients, I had a buyer once I worked with for a few years and it was, you know, 2016 Mm -hmm. where prices every six months were going up. And so the same unit was costing him, he was a, a gaffer. And so he would have these periods of time where he couldn't go out and look at anything. He was working on a movie set and he was like, I'm working from 12, you know, in the morning until midnight and I can't get out and uh, I'll see you in like six months when the project's over. Mm-hmm. And he would come back out and the same unit we looked at six months prior is now costing 50,000. He didn't pull the trigger then because he thought it was expensive. Now it's 50,000 more. And he got so psychological about it yeah. that he didn't buy for and years. Probably had like, I'm going to wait for it to come back down. I'm not going to say the number, <laughs> but he yeah. had like a lot of money just sitting in the bank account ready to buy a place. And he yeah. wasn't a young guy. He was you know, a single guy in his board. I think he just met his wife, fiance. And he was over 40 years old, ton of cash, renting a one-bedroom apartment. Mm-hmm. And it was kind of unrenovated and just couldn't psychologically 
pay what he had to pay to get the place that he wanted. Yeah. And he just watched those prices keep going up for like a two year period and then we just kind of lost touch at that point. I think he was embarrassed. And he never bought anything? He had started moving into the burbs because he yeah. just got to price himself out of, out of Hoboken waiting too long. And then we had looked at some houses in the burb, made an offer on a really great place in Rutherford and then backed out out of attorney review because he was so scared. And then, you know, took like another six months off and it was just, so you talk about the psychology of real estate, right? We've had that a really great relationship with the guy. I met him through his brother who was um, an appraiser, I mean, yeah. an appraiser and inspector. So I was using his brother as a, as a home inspector for my clients. And he was like, you know, my brother's, uh, uh, I met and read him because I met him because I rented him the apartment. Yeah. So, but again, you talk about the, so the reason I bring that up is the psychology of real yeah. estate is something that's real, right? I've been through it too. Yeah. I've bought and sold many properties over the last two decades. And I always tell, tell my clients, I'm like, I was scared the first time and I'm scared the last one I purchased, right? It's a big decision you yeah. have to make. But to your point, when you have to, when you've been through it, it's easier, you know, as you've bought and sold properties to be able to say, okay, well that 20 or 30,000 above asking price is just a number. It's not a psychological conversation anymore. It has to be more of a financial conversation, which I, I tell people, that's how I educate my clients to say, hey, I'm going to kind of, you know, we're going to go through this process of helping you buy, well, sell is a little bit different, but buy a home. And every step of the way with the mortgage, you know, people that I'm going to refer you to are what I consider to be the best in the business. You know, having the background of mortgages, having the background of construction, and I'm going to give you the information so that you can make the most informed decision. Right. And that's where it kind of takes the psychology out of the game. It's, it's with anything else in life, right? If you feel like you have, you're educated on whatever decision you're going to make, you can make that without the fear-based mentality. Yeah. The psychological aspect. Yeah. Right? So. I feel so like it's a big part of business today where like, you know, you like you, to your point, you have to learn how to be a good marketer. And now you're talking about video. You guys were talking about all this equipment and stuff. I'm like, that's, oh, yeah, that's my lead. <laughs> yeah. For me to do this, I'm only doing this if I show up with you guys. Yeah. Um, otherwise it's on my iPhone, right? I want to get into video and kind of get the message out there more yeah. to, to a larger broadcast. But uh, it's, you know, it's going to take some time until I get the right equipment. <laughs> well, that's it. I mean, that's why we're doing this. And that's why, you know, with PJ and everything like that, and you know, you're, you're coming into our world and that's, that's like, that's the goal is, is we want to elevate agents games. Like we want agents to reach out to either of you and say, Hey, how do I get to the level of success that you've had? How do I work with the ease that you both have in this business. And, and you guys are at a point where you're looking to share that now with people out there. Or if you have a client that wants to get their real estate license and they're watching this, then they could reach out to you as well. So um, just because on the time side of things, we got to start concluding. But what are you, any, any closing thoughts on that? I mean, in terms of like, you know, agents, uh, I, I would say closing thoughts on, on if somebody is looking for help type of agent, uh, that, that would reach out to me is somebody that does want to get into that that video game um, that knows that they 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 can organize themselves they have an audience or they want to grow an audience and they want to deploy their knowledge or they want to train people uh, through video that's the person that I can work with you yeah know? and they have to be open to prospecting to a certain degree at least but that's the person that I, I feel like I can help yeah you can get into gear set up everything that and we kind of glazed over that like we literally jumped from 2010 to 2020, I feel like. Yeah. But prior to that, you were a heavy, you were a Mike Ferry prospector. So like those script books that are over in the corner, you know them all very well. Yeah, you, you, in my you, head. Your database grew 
significantly from that. And those are the people you're still working with, Jersey City Heights, every like you have a really good yeah. network. And then for you on that side of things too, I mean, I, I, I feel like you really, you can prospect, you did a great job with sphere of influence, like people that you know and stuff like that. And then obviously kind of converting the database and all yeah, that past stuff. Past client referrals and yeah. center of influence, right? I've been in New Jersey my whole life, I was in the mortgage business. I know a lot of people, I've met a lot of people and being in you know a certain community, my community with you know, kids and families, um, you know, a lot of family and some real estate and stuff like that as well. So I could really help people in terms of how to tap into their center of influence and um, also just get those referrals from their past clients, right? That's what I was really good at is by helping people genuinely wanting to help them, right? Yeah. It's making sure, yeah, this is a transaction. You want to help somebody buy and sell a home, but you really got to touch that person, build relationships with those people. Maintaining them wasn't always my thing, but building them from the beginning was something I was really good at, um, but it got to the point where I had so many of those relationships that it was tough to kind of juggle all of it. Yeah. But, and that's that's part of what I can probably teach somebody because I learned from the mistakes that I've made, right? So that's the whole thing that I want to help going forward in this next chapter in my real estate world adventure is that I want to be able to kind of teach people what I did wrong. Right. Not necessarily what I did right. What I did right kind of came naturally to me um, what I did wrong is probably where most of the good stuff is, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's a female sitting there. Yeah, we should just we should do the next one. Just everything we've done wrong in life. Yeah, it's gonna be a long. Yeah, I, I, I think I've actually been put on this planet to to learn every single to deal with every single I, aspect of life the wrong the wrong way. Yeah. So that at some point when I'm sitting there, maybe close to death. Mm-hmm. is be able to uh, you know talk to somebody about what not to do. Maybe you'd have a person like me that you could tell me that, but I'd still need to experience it. Like, <laughs> I think I might have shared yeah, some Yeah, I'm pretty stuff. sure. I, I think you have, and then I've done it. I'm like, wow, Jim, you're right. That was a bad idea. Yeah, I don't know why. I, mean, I look back sometimes. I'm laying in bed. I'm like, why did I have to go through that? I'm like, Jesus, I don't know. There's it been a bunch of things, and it's yeah. not for this conversation, but... <laughs> What, uh, what what would a good way for an agent to get in touch with you? I mean, what what's a good method of contact? Yeah, I, mean, I guess we're all over the internet these days, but yeah, you can find me or, uh, you know, just, I use my cell, 973-460-6450 or, or email. It's just my first initial, J jceros at gmail.com. Cool. What about you? Rosado Realtor at gmail. Is don't call me because I won't pick up the phone. Perfect. Yeah. And don't DM them either. You're not going to look at that I either. I won't look at that. It no. is outbound only content. That's from it, this man. Guy. I got to that place where it's like, you know, I only answer the call. I answer my phone for you guys pretty much. You it's would like, be lucky to be able to work with you. You're like Bill Murray with the 1-800 number that people have to call to get, get them on set. So if you, if you want to try to get this guy to help you grow your real estate business or to get him to sell your home or buy through him, try to figure it out. Awesome, guys. Well, I really appreciate you being on. And I think the core of this whole thing is you guys are experts at what you do. You guys put in the time and uh, you took care of people and had integrity around it. And they continue to reach out to you from that. So I appreciate you being on here.